he had, um, not only did he have large, more large B-cell lymphoma tumors, but he also had follicular lymphoma. So he, his cancer was getting worse, not better. And he had had most of the chemotherapy drugs available to him. So, um, my sister researched some different types of treatment and came up with CAR-T therapy um, that was being offered in a few places and we selected MD Anderson but boy it was hard to get um, my dad to agree to go to Texas. Why do you think it was so hard mom? trusted the doctors I don't know hard to say yeah so I mean it took me leaving and coming back twice I think yeah. right I think I left and then oh, came yeah. back <laughs> I'm not leaving until you or come, you come with and I, the second time I just had to stay there because he was not going anywhere staying and you said as long as I have to <laughs> <laughs> so finally I think we got all the family on board everybody was saying the same things um, and so he agreed to to seek treatment in MD Anderson so then um, Aisha found Dr. Sam Diego and his team and we did research on him and found out he's one of the top 10 doctors, lymphoma doctors in the United States, or in the country, actually. So we were pretty excited to get a chance to get an appointment with him at MD Anderson. And before we even left, we had to do some things first because, of course, you know, my dad's health wasn't the best. He um, had uh, tachycardia. Is that how you say it? Tachycardia. Tachycardia, um, which is the heart rate beats high and the blood pressure is low and when we say high he was in the 140s then his blood pressure was like in the 90s 90 over 60 and lower sometimes and he also had uh what's that word i always mess it up cachexia cachexia it's where uh cancer patient people who have cancer if they're in this stage four they stop eating their food's no longer tasty to them and they just think they'll be okay so they stop eating and they lose a lot of muscle mass and it's a very serious stage to be in um let's see what else so he's he was in trichardia his heart he had cachexia and he was in a lot of pain Hold on. You're doing good by yourself. <laughs> I'm tired. You don't want to record anymore? <laughs> so I'm back. It's been a while since I've recorded anything on here. Uh, the last time I recorded, I was in Houston um, taking care of my dad and my mom while my dad was being treated for Nod Hodgkin's lymphoma and 
follicular cancer at MD Anderson. And um, just to get you caught up, um, he actually had an MRI done and a CAT scan and all the other scans, and he came up cancer-free. So he basically had to go through um, re- rehabilitation, and he was uh, did really well in rehabilitation. And he one day we went to visit him, and he said, I'm ready to go home. I want to leave. We were like, great, let's go. So we stayed at the um, some apartments that a church had, um, and they allow you to stay there for $35 a day. Was it $35? No, $35. Yeah, I think it's about $35 a day. And um, it might not have been 30 It might have been $35 a month. It really wasn't much. Um, it really was a blessing that they have this available for folks that are going, uh, you know, to the hospitals there. Houston has a pretty good uh, group of hospitals, Children's Cancer Center. I mean, just the lymphoma center. They've got so many hospitals there. And it's just a blessing that these churches and ministries and people and organizations are able to help out. So um, we stayed there for a couple of weeks, and I mean, it was just, I had reached a point to where I was just, I had given it all I, I had, and I think my body was just telling me that it was time for me to go home. Um, about this time, I had been with my mom and dad for about six months, and um, now that my dad was cancer-free and just kind of healing, you know, he just needed to take time and he just needed to heal now. Um, so, um, we decided to we put together a plan and decided to, um, move my mom and dad to Dallas. They would stay with my sister who just bought a new home and, um, he would stay there for a couple of months. His follow-up appointment with MD Anderson was set for August middle of August. So uh, it was May at this time. And so we did. We moved and and drove um, back to Dallas from Houston. And um, Darian, my brother-in-law, who I haven't always had the best relationship with, um, really came through for us. And he came and helped us pack up and 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 drove us to to Dallas. Mom was in my car and dad was in his, his car. So I moved in with in with Erica, and um, they stayed there for I guess about thirty days. My dad was just ready to go home. I mean, there's a variety of reasons why. You know, several reasons. One reason is that you know they're just not used to living in a house with a bunch of kids, and my sister has three kids, and they're all ages from twelve to two, and you know the house can be pretty lively at times. Um, my mom loved it, of course, it's her grandkids, and she loved it, and he loved it too. But he was ready to go home and see his friends. My dad's always been very sociable. He's a very important and um, integrated um, person in our community in Alamogordo. And he has his routine. And so he wanted to go home. So despite our efforts to avoid his <laughs> request to go home, one day he looked at my mom with this really mean look like, Carolyn, why haven't you been my t- ticket? I'm ready to go home. <laughs> she was like, well, we really don't want you to go home, Lawrence. 
But he was just set on it. He said, I have my friends. I want to go home. You guys have done everything for me. That's great. I want to go home. Well, I knew that that probably wasn't the best thing. Alamo Gordo, New Mexico is just not capable of handling the type of treatment that my dad needs and had. They just don't have it set up. They're just a small community of people. Anytime that you need major surgery, major treatment for a serious illness, everyone knows you have to leave and go someplace else. But despite my, you know, our thoughts, and even my cousin Pam said, Carla, don't let him go. Make him stay there. And I thought, how do I do that? You know, if I make him stay here, then he's going to hate me. And, you know, I don't want that. <laughs> you know, I don't want him to hate me and, and be miserable here. But then uh, on the other hand, I knew that he wasn't coming back if he went back to went home. I, I, feel, I knew it. But I didn't want to deal with it, so we just transported him home, got him situated, transported mom home, got them situated. Of course, I flew home with mom and got her situated home. (sighs) And that is the beginning of the end. (laughs) And I guess I'll stop here. But I'm recording this now because... I'm hurting. My heart hurts. I miss my dad so much. He meant so much to me. I'm the oldest of three daughters, and I got to spend time with him before anyone else was born. I think my sister and I are three years apart, and I got a chance to get to know him without anyone else around, and he was my everything, and I miss him. So I just wanted to share that it was very hard to be away from my home for that long of time but I just could not do anything else I could not be any place else I had to be right there with him helping him just helping him live I wanted him to live so bad So I left in November and came back home on June 1st, or I think it was the end of May, May 31st, and I'd been gone for a long time. My relationship suffered because of it. Our business suffered because of it. I didn't care. It didn't mean anything to me. Nothing. Nothing meant anything more than my dad surviving cancer making it through, pulling through. And I did whatever I could to make that happen. There were several times in Alamogordo before we left to come to Houston that my dad probably should not have made it through. God was with us. And I really believe that God gave us this additional time with him, all of us, not just me, my sisters got a chance to come down, take care of him. His cousin, his uh, nephew, Howard, who he loved and adored. Uh, Pam, my cousin, came down, got a chance to help us out. And Anthony and Melissa were always there checking on us. And his sister, Arlene, came down, stayed with him in the hotel. And so we just had 
a lot of support, a lot of family, and I, I think it helped my dad to see how much he was loved. I mean, my mom said that at some point in dad's later life that he felt kind of unappreciated, and I can understand that. I mean, dad was everything to everybody. He was head of household to us, our family, and he was also resolved conflict and helped his sisters and their families and all the people that he knew and worked with, he probably, you know, helped them out as well. I know he helped them out. So he was a very giving person and gave a lot of himself and probably did not get the same back. At least I know he didn't get the same back. So I can understand him feeling that way. But I think the last six months that we were in Houston, he got a chance to see how much people loved him when we left and people found out that we were leaving, the whole town rallied around us and they kept asking us, you know, how can we help? What can we do to help you? And so we, we set up a GoFundMe for people to help if they wanted to. And in 30 days, we had $10,000. And my dad was so overwhelmed and so just, just blessed him. It really did. He felt, he was just amazed. He was like, oh my gosh, wow. I can't believe this many people care care about me. So I th- it really helped him. It raised his spirits and let him know how much we love him. The family came together to support him and love him. And the town of Alamogordo and abroad, there are people that my dad knew from other places that we didn't even know. He knew them from, you know, his work, his sports, the teams and travel. So I think that God gave us that additional time with him just to let him know how much we loved him and appreciated. Because I know, I know for a fact I did. I told him I loved him every day. I did. I let him know how much I loved him, how much he meant to me. I always did. But he was kind of grouchy. I know, he wasn't feeling good. And I think he pushed, he did that extra push for us. He made that extra push from Alma Gordo to Houston for MD for us. He didn't want to. And matter of fact, he told me, he said, you know, don't tell anyone, Carla. He said, keep this to yourself, is always what he'd say. But if this doesn't work out, I don't want to try again. I don't want to go through this anymore. And I just, in my mind, I just didn't believe that that was going to have to happen. And I told him, well, you're going to be fine, Dad. We're not going to have to go through this again. This treatment is supposed to knock it out completely. And I really believed in it. I believed that this is what God wanted. That he wanted my dad to be cancer free so we could still have him around. I just believed it. I didn't want to consider or think that he wouldn't make it through. My dad's heart caused problems when we tried to schedule the appointment to Houston. So we weren't able to leave right away. He had to have a stress test and an EKG and... You know, they had to do all the checks of the heart to make sure that his heart was basically causing problems because of the cancer. The lymphoma was causing problems and affecting the heart and that the heart in itself wasn't damaged. And so we had to delay our first, I think we rescheduled the first time because dad's blood pressure was really low. Like he was 90 over 65, you know, just super low. So we we postponed the trip and the appointment, got him, the doctor prescribed him some medicines to help regulate that heart. 
And so he was on that for a little while. Then we scheduled our trip and our appointment again. And then um, he started feeling bad. And so we delayed the trip for a doctor's appointment, did blood work. And we checked his blood work, met with the primary care physician. And just, you know, the primary care physician basically said it's just the cancer causing his body to go crazy. And we needed to get him to Houston. So once we get the thumbs up to go to Houston, that's when we got the plant, the appointment scheduled for January. And that's uh, when we uh, flew out to from El, from El Paso to Houston. But while I was out, while I was in Gordo, it was really hard. My wife, she struggled. Um, you know, she didn't have a chance to plan for it. I kind of left and just never came back. And so she had to deal with me not being here. And it was really hard for her. Plus, she thought that my sisters should come and help me a little bit more than they did. But I had to explain to her, this is me. This is my role. This is my gift to my parents. And I want to do it. And I didn't want to hurt her and make her feel like she was in second and third and fourth place to my parents. But in real real life, that's exactly what it was. Nothing else mattered but my dad at that point. Nothing. Not even me. Not even myself. I went six months with no makeup. I think I put makeup on maybe once. No nails, no pedicure, no lashes, no nothing. Just me. (laughs) I was trying to keep him alive. Alive long enough to get him to MD Anderson. So I was blending up smoothies with spinach in them and vitamins and a little THC because New Mexico allows for medicinal license. Medicinal, uh, you have to have a medicinal license. And so um, both my parents got their medicinal licenses and I went and got them THC and put it in his uh, smoothie so that he could eat because he was losing weight every week. He was losing weight. The leukemia, the, the lymphoma was eating up all this food and muscles and everything in his body. And so, and then he just stopped eating. And so I started making smoothies for him and cooking for mom and helping her get up and get ready and get dressed. But, you know, giving him a bath and lotioning him down and just trying to keep up with him. And, you know, the things that you do when someone is sick, you just try to make them comfortable and uh, at the same time taking care of my mom. But I also had to deal with my wife, my family, and it wasn't easy. She wanted me to come home. She didn't want to really tell me that because, you know, she felt conflicted. You know, she wanted me to be with my dad, of course, but she wanted me to come home. And so she wanted to, after about, I don't know, (laughs) about two weeks, she was like, can your sisters switch out? Like, can you come home and your sisters go? And, you know, it's just one of those things that not everybody can do that. Like, I just... Well, there's several things. Number one, my middle sister, Erica, basically said she just can't do it. She would not be able to do it. And that's okay. I mean, she was honest with it. She said she can help with other things, and she did. Um, my middle sister, my youngest sister, Isha, um, she was willing to do it. But honestly, I wanted to do it. I felt like it's what I had to do. I felt like it's what I was supposed to do. I'm the oldest and I wanted to do it. 
Because see, I've always felt very blessed and spoiled. My parents took very, very good care of us. We never wanted for anything. We were always very happy in our upbringing. And I feel a little guilt because when I went on my own life, I really just didn't. I took that for granted. Um, When I went to college, I flunked out of college. I had a full ride. I made Junior Olympics my first year in college as a freshman. I had a lot of talent and I could have done a lot of great things, but I just took it for granted and jumped into, you know, stuff that I shouldn't have been involved in and really just took my upbringing for granted as I've grew up and learned that not everybody had the upbringing that I had. I felt really guilty for that. And, you know, the money, my parents were teachers after all, but the money they had, they sent me what they could. And here I was, you know, partying with it, buying beer and things that weren't even important, you know. And so I felt guilty for that growing up. And I wanted to make that, I wanted to change that. I wanted to show my parents that I was someone of quality that I could do right. So I put myself through school. I got my bachelor's degree in psychology here at University of Texas at Arlington. And I just wanted to show them and make them proud. And I think by me staying there and taking care of him, I just wanted him to know how much he meant to me by doing that. And plus I wanted him to make it, I wanted to to live and I didn't feel like anyone else could do it. So that's why I stayed. And I took the chance of losing my wife. I took the chance of losing everything. She could have left me and I would have lost my house, car, everything. And, but she didn't, she didn't. And she didn't because I was there for her when she lost her family. It was a very hard time uh, going through her losses. And when I, I stuck by the, I stuck by her and her family. And so that's why she stuck it out with me, but it was not easy. Every chance she got, she reminded me that I was leaving her alone and that she was lonely and missed me and so that made it really hard I felt a lot of pressure and I felt bad because I didn't care I mean I cared about how she felt and it hurt me but it didn't care I didn't hurt me enough for me to leave my dad there's no one that could have pulled me from my mom and dad at that time no one but God of course but I believed that this is where God wanted me to be. So anyway, um, that's, you know, that's how it started. And I really am not ready to talk about everything that happened in Houston just because it was so much that happened. Um, and it's so hurtful and painful right now. Um, and so I don't really want to talk about it. But I do want to share and get these things off my chest because I feel like I can't move on to the acceptance stage of my grieving until I do deal with the way I'm feeling. I have some days that I'm okay. You know, I I live in my reality that this is where it is, that my dad is gone. But then I have other days that I don't want to believe it and I can't believe it. I just... I don't want to believe it and I push it away and I just don't deal with it and um, so 
I'm not there yet. I'm not where I'm not in the accepted stage yet, but I think I'm getting there. I just gave everything. I gave everything I have to save his life. I I gave everything I had to save his life. And it wasn't it didn't work. And so you kind of have to deal with it. And since then, I've talked to a lot of people who have someone that they miss, have someone that they love and they miss. And so I I know I'm not alone, but it, it doesn't help. My heart's broken and it doesn't help that. So, but we had some really, we met some really great people along the way. I mean, we really did. We ran into some people that just helped us, did some great things for us. But it's because my dad's deserving. He was so awesome. He loved people. He helped people. He would go out of his way to help someone. Even if it meant that he went out without, he would he would do it. You know? I mean, he just was so, just so wonderful. And I love you, Dad. And I miss you. I miss you so much. Today's a difficult day because it's Father's Day, the first one. And um, uh, what all I have right now are memories, wonderful memories in my phone, wonderful videos, thoughts in my head, memories in my head, and a box of things, of things from the house in the garage that mom says that she doesn't care what we do with them. She's gotten the things that she wants. My sisters have gotten the things that they want, but I still have all the rest of the things. And I haven't brought myself to go through it and actually throw things away yet. I know my wife is ready for me to do that. She's told me several times. But I'm just not ready. I'm not ready to do it. Um, Today hasn't been too bad of a day. My mom and I decided to buy roses because my dad loves those. So I bought two um, rose bushes. knockout roses, red and and um, pink, and we're going to plant them in memory and honor of my dad so that today is a, a good day, a day of life, a day of love, and in memory of him, and also a day of acceptance of what is, and hope at a good future, a better future. So that's what I'm focusing on. So I'm praying on today. And I know my mom is as well, maybe a different way of saying different things, but I know that she wants to find peace of mind so that she can enjoy her present, her days since she's here. So um, I know that if you are going through a loss of someone, no matter who it is, someone that you've loved, someone that meant something to you that it makes you feel some kind of way. I just hold on to um, the verse, and I don't, I'm, excuse me for not remembering the verse and the number, but it's, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Just those words in itself gives me peace that God will provide for me as he always has 
and he will fill this. He will heal my heart and give me everything I need. So that helps me to continue to push and be better and uh, possibly do differently so that mom and I have um, a good, healthy, and happy life. And um, so that's it for today.